Welcome to the Gods to Ghosts Volleyball Podcast and your host, Scott Bemke. Our podcast interview this week features part one of our two-part interview with talented women's player, Nancy Cohen. Before I get into Nancy's accomplishments in the sport and her interview, I wanted to quickly remind you that we do have a website, which is godstoghosts.com. That's G-O-D-S-T-O-G-H-O-S-T-S.com. On our website, you'll find a photo gallery, video interviews that we've done in the past with players, transcripted email interviews, as well as all of our podcasts that we've done over the last couple months. Now on to our main focus of our interview today, which is Nancy Cohen. Nancy grew up at State Beach in Santa Monica in the 60s as a kid and immediately took to the game as her father, Alti, was a prominent figure at the beach and taught her well. She also had the privilege of witnessing some of the greatest players and characters in the history of the sport in the North Bay, including Gene Selznick, Bernie Holtzman, Gene Brunicardi, Jonette Latrell, Steno Brunicardi, Ron Von Hagen, Butch May, and the list goes on and on. In fact, in 1974, at the age of 15, she played with the oldest player on the beach at that time, Gene Brunicardi, whose career was winding down and won the State Beach Open, which was an incredible accomplishment for someone at that age against that level of competition. She went on to win 17 Opens over her career, including the 79 Manhattan Beach Open alongside legendary Kathy Gregory. She was one of the first female players to earn a collegiate scholarship to Pepperdine to play for the legendary Patty Bright and she went on to win 17 of the 33 beach opens that she entered which is quite the winning percentage. 2015 she was inducted into the California Beach Volleyball Association Hall of Fame. Let's get started with our interview with Nancy Cohen. All right so I am speaking with Nancy Cohen today. Nancy I can't thank you enough for taking the time to speak with uh, the Wisconsin Volleyball Hack here in Brookfield, Wisconsin today. So thanks for yeah. doing this, uh, especially on a uh, on a Sunday. Are you guys still getting a bunch of rain out there, or is it pretty nice? Oh, it's really nice today. There's a few clouds, but it's really nice, and it's going to be getting hot in about a week. That's what we hear. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you for interviewing me. I think... Uh, most of us are very honored and happy that you are doing this. Uh, uh, we couldn't ask for, uh, for something better to get this on the archives, and we really appreciate it. So thank you, Scott. Yeah, I enjoy doing it. It's, uh, 
I can't play anymore because of injuries, so this is my new outlet for this. And being able to talk to all of you, I pinch myself uh, every day that this has transpired the way it has, so I'll, I'll take it. So, well, let's get started yeah. here, Nancy. Let's start at the beginning. Tell us about okay. your background as Alti and uh, Roz Cohen's kid and what it was like growing up at State Beach as a kid. Okay. Well, listen, uh, both of my parents were school teachers, and uh, they loved the beach, and they went to State Beach. Uh, my father used to sing a song called, he would say, uh, State Beach, That Great Beach. Uh, and believe me, it, it really was great. Um, it was incredible. It, it was a scene and a half. Um, aside from the volleyball, which I'll get to in a second, um, I got to tell you, it was, there were movie stars. There were other legends as such, surfing legends. There were celebrities. Uh, they would film down there. And, uh, there was also a phone booth down there, uh, and other people who listen to this will know about that phone booth. And the phone, the phone number, of course, everybody knows that number, GL49063. Uh, people would get their phone calls there for work, and of course a lot of people were in the industry then, uh, that, you know, uh, getting work for, for commercials and background work and whatnot. Of course there were drug deals, I hate to say it. Uh, people would get their mothers were calling, come home, this, that, and the other. It was amazing. I mean, you know, uh, and, and um, so that was that. And, um, you know, I, I was a little girl when all this was starting to take place. Um, and um, I was crawling around, and I, I was feeling the beat. I'm, I'm telling you, it was a beat. Um, you know, the volleyball courts were going. You'd have to wait hours to get a, get a game on the A court. And then uh, the B and C courts were going. There were a few, a couple of women's courts, and of course we had to beg Jean, that would be Jean Selznick, to please lower the nets. Uh, uh, that was later to get get a girls' court. And um, oh, I can't tell you, it was just a scene. Of course we had umbrellas, and we'd play cards and go to the beach and the ocean. It was clean back then. It was clean. Um, and. My sister and I um, were very close, and we were there. She would read books, and I would stare at the volleyball courts, and I would I would want to play ball and, and rally. Uh, growing up, and um, and that's that what was happening. <laughs> it was my home away from home, but to be honest with you, it became more my home than my home. So I'm imagining yeah. during the school year. You guys maybe would get down there after after school with uh, your parents both being teachers, and then during the summer you'd have your summers free to be there when it was in its heyday. It sounds like exactly, exactly. It was every every cent that every second that could be spent there would be spent there, uh, and um, they were just beach people, and and then I became the same way, and and so my cousins were, and um and and all the people that we we knew were <laughs> that's just what it was and um it was just a gift um i was young i was young and it became a part of me you know the volleyball just sort of seeped its way into my my being my soul you know because i i accepted it like my like a couple of the other people you know it was you know my friends that growing up they they weren't quite as into the game as i was so i don't know how but it just was 
there were a lot of surfers, as I said. And uh, was Mickey Dora one know. of them? Yes, Mickey Dora was down there. Um, he was there. There were some other guys. John Wilroy, I don't know if you knew that name. He was an incredible surfer. They used to have a sand barrier. Some people said there was a reef there that made the waves better, and that got washed away over the years. Um, and then they would go further north. Um, you know, different places get better waves at different times. You know, it, it, was, it was just incredible. <laughs> Yeah, my buddy Earl Koppelman, who you've spoken to, used to hang out there back in the day, and he said there was a lifeguard tower there that uh, yeah. Mickey uh, the cat uh, used to uh, hold court at, and that must have been something else, to have Gene Selznick and Mickey <laughs> Mickey Dora on the same right. beach. I mean, just right there, two icons, one of surfing, one of volleyball. That's uh, that You won't see that very often or hear about stuff like that very often. Right. And they, they used to film, uh, like, these programs. I, there was a program called Shindig or, and some other things. I think even Laugh-In, little, little tidbits of Laugh-In. And they'd come down. I remember Donovan was down there. And um, he came over here and said, Hey, little girl, you know, sit on my lap. And, oh, my God, I didn't know who he was. I sat on his lap, and everyone was taking pictures. And I think they took a picture of me and put it in the newspaper and... It was just a real scene, and, you know, later I grew up, and I was like, who's that, you know? Um, Doug McClure, Raquel Welch used to come down there, uh, uh, Jim Brown, the football player. It was just it was just what it was, you know? It wasn't that big of a deal to all of us, but that's what was happening down there. Wow. Yeah. And then as far as all the volleyball folks that were there, I mean, from what I heard, that was Gene's Beach, and he and Bernie uh, held court there. Does that sound about right? Even as a young kid, you could pick up on that vibe? Yeah. I, I remember them doing I remember Gene uh, just uh, kind of laughing at everybody. <laughs> he, he, would, he would just say, next, you know, who's up next, you know, and... and and they, they'd split up occasionally, but they stayed together from what I could tell. And, and Bernie, Bernie always looked like more of a little football player to me. And, uh, but he was stocky and big, and he just played the game. And, you know, they took the ball, from what I could recall, they would somehow receive the ball with their hands, like a set. And then, and then that changed, you know, that changed. And they had to take it with the dig and the pass, and that was hard on them. But, uh, you know, they, they would, you know, I was real little when that was happening. And so then things changed, yeah. I've seen and, some and, of the footage of Gene and Bernie passing overhand, and Von Hagen tells me you wouldn't have believed how great they were at doing it and how cleanly they could do it. And I found some yeah. rare footage of it, and I was always, you know, when people tell you that stuff, you're like, whatever, in one ear and out the other. And then I saw the video yeah. footage of Gene that yeah. I found on YouTube and in Bernie, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, Von Hagen was right. Those guys <laughs> were setting these uh, hard serves, overhand like roundhouse serves to to them perfectly, and like oh, oh, so well that they could hit it on two. It was mind blowing to me uh, to have that kind of skill uh, off of a serve like that. I, I couldn't imagine. Well, yeah, they were strong. They they would they would pass it. And, and it, they were strong. Like I said, like, like Bernie was like a football player. 
he was a strong man. These guys were super athletic, and they they would really crouch down low, and they would they would pass that ball with their hands, and they would do it well and and skillfully. And you know, it didn't bother them. They they must God, they must have been strong as hell. And and, and imagine later when they had to learn to pass the ball with their dig. Oh, and they started doing it so low. It was really hard on them. So they couldn't, they couldn't really grasp the idea. And, and they did it so differently. And it was just beautiful how they did it. And Sinjin was sort of a recipient of that. He, he, was a, he learned from Von Hagen and, and from Gene and those guys. And he saw that. Uh, I was too. I was a different type of passer. You get down low and you pass it lower. And that's really good. That's good for volleyball people forget that <laughs> yeah i think from what i heard from von hagen is that uh pete colbert like broke his finger in uh, a tournament and uh, uh -huh. he couldn't pass overhand so he started <laughs> bumping and then von hagen when he was learning the sport he figured you know there's no way i could ever catch up to bernie and gene they're just too good passing overhand but yeah. i can i can bump pass and uh yeah. you know then it kind of between colbert and then von hagen Picking up on it, uh, everyone then kind of switched to the to the underhand to the pass bump. or the bump oh. passing. So yeah, that was kind of interesting to interesting. hear. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, little piece. I didn't of, know that's the way it made its uh, transformation. Yeah, yeah. So from von von Hagen's memory, which is pretty much like a a trap still to these days. Um, yeah. I thought that was interesting to hear about how that came about. So. Thank you for that. I like that. Yeah, and now, now, now I'll probably be wrong, and you'd be like, "Damn it, Bemke!" I'll oh, last time I listen deal. to you, <laughs> and you somebody, start calling me Bemke again. Somebody will say, "Oh no, that's not the way it happened." How could you say that? You know, big deal. But I like it. It we'll we'll use that for now. All right, until you proven know. differently. There you go. In June of '74, at the age of 14, you won the very uh, your very first Open on the beach that you entered alongside the legendary Gene Brunicardi, defeating the equally legendary Eileen Clancy and Barbara May. So take us back to that weekend and what you remember about it, and how does a 14-year-old kid end up playing with the gazelle Gene Brunicardi, one of the greatest female yeah. beach volleyball players in history? Yeah. Well, first of all, we have to get something straight because they lowered it to 14, but I was 15. Okay. And yeah, you know how the 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 press is. They always want to get something sensationalized. Not that not this is that this is making the front page of the of the sports page <laughs> or anything. But right. Oh, I was 15, and um, yeah, Jean had just come off. Uh, not just, but she was healing from a skiing injury. But she was still so athletic and knew the game so well, and she was so experienced. Uh, you know, she was a legendary winner with with uh, Jeanette Latrell, who was Jean's wife, um, second wife. Dane Dane Selznick was the son of uh, Ricky, okay. um, so that that wasn't that wasn't Jeanette's son. Anyhow, um, God, I, I think I know too much. That's the problem here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can just keep it to where you want to. That's absolutely fine. Yeah, that's not good. We won't. We, I'm not going to go off onto tangents and everything. But anyhow, Johnette and 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 Jean won everything. So I I had a lot of experience on my side, and and so we're playing against um, two of my favorite people in the world, 
um, Eileen and Barbara, <laughs> and and Barbara, who sadly is not with us anymore. Um, that's that's Misty's mother. Were so good. They were so athletic. And Misty, who's one of the best mixed players of all time, and also women's. I, I mean, I don't need to tell you how great they, they are and were. Um, you know, they were winning everything at that time. And my dad said, why don't you get Jean and play in this um, tournament? You know, and I'm like, Daddy, I mean, I'm a young girl, you know. <laughs> I, I don't know if I should do this. I'm telling you, you should do it. My dad was like my, my semi-coach. Uh, tell me what to do, you know, he acted like he wasn't telling me what to do, but then he would say things like, uh, you know, when the wind would, would blow, and this, and he'd serve the ball hard and do what I'm telling you and do it now, you know, <laughs> and I would be like, uh, I guess, I guess I'll do that, <laughs> you know, because he really knew the game pretty much as well as anybody, it's just that he wasn't that tall, <laughs> and he, he didn't compete in the, uh, you know, in the big tournaments, so he wasn't an open player, but he was really a good player, a really crafty player. Anyhow, so um, Gene and I just, we just zoomed through the tournament, who do we meet in the finals but those two, Eileen and Barbara, and boy, they, they think, you know, well, Barbara and, and Eileen are really close with Gene, and, you know, here I am, you know, they're like, well, who's this, you know? Uh, they like to shoot the ball over on seconds, and that really, really infuriated me because <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, come on, do three plays, you know, pass, set, hit. What's the matter with you guys? Um, I never said a word to them about it. And, you know, so every time they would do that and I had a chance to side out finally, and my serve just got better and better. And, uh, you know, I would just, just get angry and serve better. And sure enough... Gene and I, we, we ended up winning, and it was a fantastic victory. I mean, I, I tasted victory at a young age in, a, in an open tournament, and suddenly, you know, we had, a, we had a pretty big amount of people watching, and I'm like, I looked around, and I'm like, whoa. All of a sudden, I hear Kathy Gregory up on the, on the railings at State. The railings were famous down there. Sinjin used to go up there with his little Vespa, and people used to be up there. Hey, hey, you, Cohen, Cohen. All I see is this big <laughs> smile, this, this smile and a white upper lip. You yeah. and me, pretty soon, baby. We're gonna, it's going to be you and me together. <laughs> you just wait. You, a couple years, you bet. And I'm thinking, who is, I mean, I knew who she was because she was friends with my family. But, you know, when you're young, you don't put anything together. You don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. You and me, baby, you just wait. You wait, you wait, you wait. And I'm like, oh, okay. Dad looked at me and he said, this is going to be good. Yeah. And I just, I said, whatever. So, I mean, I really enjoyed it. My dad took us to dinner. Where we, at? We went out to dinner. Oh, God, it's not there anymore. <laughs> it was a, a really neat place. Um, it had, like, um, windows where you could see fish and, like, fake mermaids swimming. You know, I just remember the whole scene. It was a really neat time in my life, you know? I bet. So, yeah. And... Uh, so that was fun. Who would you have to beat along the way in that tournament? Any other uh, names you want to name drop as far and get in uh, under well, the archives? I think I only remember one other team um, that I remember. I think Chrissy Talunas was in that tournament, probably with Patty. Patty, I forgot her last name, but I, 
but Chrissy played with Patty all the time. Stennant is her last name now, but it would have been Smith Okay. at the time. Yeah. I, you know, I, I only remember, I don't remember a lot. <laughs> but that must have been a whirlwind for you. Well, you know, I was young, and, uh, you know, a lot of things were going on for me. My, my, my folks were getting a divorce when I, when I was 15, they got the divorce. Yeah, so I was 15, and, and so that hit me hard. Uh, as it would most 15-year-olds, I would assume. So, you know, actually that, that helped me with my volleyball. And uh, so we'll leave it at that. What a great story. Yeah. Now, you uh, attended Pacific Palisades High School, which, gosh, I mean, when you look at the alumni that's come out of there from the Don Shaws and the Chris Marlows and the Bar- Brad Barbers and, you know, Randy Stokeloses and... You can go all on down the line. Um, yeah. What uh, What can you tell me uh, about your time there playing volleyball and any of your teammates or any memories that you have from that before you went on to uh, play at Pepperdine? Yeah. Um, I would say that there were a lot more men, boys, that grew into men and played at college at a collegiate level and then pro and on the beach, then there were women. Um, I was one of the women. There was a gal named Meg. I forgot her last name. She played at Hawaii and did very well. If there were others, I wasn't that aware of them. But some of the gals that I played with at Pally High were really, really great because we, you know, we won city champs, I think, two, three years in a row, and um, I got co-MVP. I didn't, I didn't get it all on my own, because there was another gal at another school, and they didn't know who to give it to, so we shared it, which was really a very nice thing to do. Um, so that was good, and our coach was Gail Van Meter, who, <laughs> she had a little bit of a reputation on her own, uh, along with Howard Instead, Instead on the boys' side. Um, but anyhow, both teams did really well, and they had just given talent all the way around. They're just lucky, I think, um, because the talent that they're given, I mean, obviously they coached well enough to win, but that's just the way it goes. But some of the names that I played with, uh, Annie Parducci, Karen Erickson, um, uh, Susan Schwartz, my cousin, Tana Vanderway, uh, Vicki Lippincott, Mary Fapiano. You know, so... That Vanderway family, uh, what a bunch of hacks, huh? Yeah. (laughs) The stories of them is like, you couldn't go in a lab and whip up a more perfect family than that. (laughs) Gosh, that's just crazy. Yeah, they should work out and get athletic. And they're still at it, too. Yeah, I hear, uh, like, I think uh, Condor... Uh, tells me that from from time to Dennis Dugan uh, still sees uh, Tana from time to time, and yeah, oh, that yeah, whole they're family. Friend, they're, they're friendly, yeah. Yeah, what a neat uh, that click of volleyball is just priceless. Um, yeah, I have a story coming up about Tana. That'll be fun. Okay. And uh, actually, Tana did she did play on and off, but uh, she was more of a swimmer at that time. She was on the national swimming team, and um, I think her parents 
she did play eventually for the national uh, indoor team also. She, I think she middle blocked on and off for the team, and that was quite an accomplishment. And also, they, you know, they had to do what was best for her, um, and they always did. But I have a good story coming up with Tana. Wonderful. So you had all that success early on at the beach as a 15-year-old, then yeah. high school-wise in your prep career at Pally High, and then you were one of the first women's indoor volleyball players from high school to earn a collegiate scholarship, of which uh, legendary Pepperdine Wave coach Patty Bright offered to you. Let's hear about that uh, recruitment process and uh, what it was like playing for, for Patty Bright and your time at, at PEP is one of the waves. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, first let me say P-E-P-P-E-R-D-I-N-E, a Pepperdine, and the waves are here. <laughs> that, was the, that was the cheer. Here I was, a B-girl, you know, total beach girl, and they have these, uh, like, these southern bells. They would cheer for us. And my sister and I would crack up for hours, like, <laughs> we would do this thing just making fun of it, but it was so much fun. Anyhow, so, uh, lucky me, huh, to fi- go to college the year they finally, they give scholarships to women. Yeah. How, how lucky is that? Fortunate. Um, not that they shouldn't have been doing it years before, uh, uh, forever, but there you have it. Um, I got lucky. And, um... You know, um, when you say I played for Patty Bright, I also pay, played for Mike Bright because every move they made, they made together. Um, and he was there, uh, and they discussed every move together. And um, I, I was, you know, for college, I don't know, all of a sudden everybody is six feet tall. I don't know how it happened. <laughs> and how tall are you? You know, <laughs> five, three, no, five, six and three quarters. <laughs> Yeah, and don't forget the three quarters. Oh, I won't. Um, yeah, so here I am, you know, and yeah, there's some short girls. I mean, I remember Angie Leeper. Oh, she was one of the best best players of all time. She sat, she dug, she was incredible. Um, and I played with her. She was one of the more, more intelligent and fun people I played with, Peggy O'Keefe. Um, but Patty was great to play with. I also played with her at the beach and against her, and she was one of the most, um, she was pretty strict, let's just put it that way. And <laughs> I was never the type of person who who worked out. I was always the kind of person who just played ball. I, I didn't lift weights, I didn't run, I didn't stretch, and all of a sudden we're at college, you know, everyone's taller, they're, they're saying you gotta run around the track, you gotta do this, that, and the other, and I just looked like, at everybody, what are you guys doing? You know, well, I was the laughing stock because I would tell people I had a stomach ache, and well, Mike didn't like that, Pat didn't like that, so you know, it didn't matter. I still had the skills, so they needed me, and uh, they put me in to serve and dig balls and pass, and we were we were three and number three and four in the league, and we had Hawaii, UCLA, and USC. And so we did really pretty well considering right. um, what we had. All those elite programs, the who's who of volleyball, You're not especially kidding. in that so we, time frame. Yeah, we did well. We what was did well. 
What was Mike Bright like? You know, I always, you know, Von Hagen raves about him. They, he and, and Mike O'Hara won the first five Manhattan Beach Opens, and uh, they, you know, he was a phenomenal paddle surfer, and he's you know, the stories about him in his legendary strength and athletic ability is is just something to behold. And um, unfortunately, um, you know, we're losing more and more people that actually knew him. So, from your recollection. What, what was he like as a, as a man, and, and what do you remember about him? Well, you know, it was an unfortunate thing, uh, his diving accident. I'm sure you knew about that. Right, where he uh, he got the bends and didn't decompress properly, and he uh, had an effect on his uh, his health and, and, and I don't yes, know, his it spine did. ultimately. It did. And he, paralyzed he was him. on crutches, yes. He was on crutches. It, it, took, it took its toll on him. Um, it was really, you know, he became a paraplegic. It and he first crutches, and then finally, toward his older age, a wheelchair. I think Mike was a wonderful human being and athlete, and I do believe that becoming injured and it, it, it I think it took its toll on him in more ways than one. And Patty. I think it was very difficult, but it didn't stop either of them. Um, if, as you can see, she became head coach, and he was right there with her. Um, they traveled. They did this, that, and the other. Um, he, uh, you know, I didn't talk to him much. He was friends with my parents, you know. I mean, I saw him growing up all the time, but I never really had too many words with him, even, even, um, even in the gym. So I didn't really know Mike until later in life when I, I played some beach ball at, at Bonnie's house um, when she started having some gatherings. Is and Bonnie his got, daughter? Yeah, Bonnie Bright. Okay. One of the better beach players. Um, and and we talked a little bit about old times, and, and it was really, really nice to talk to him. Um, you know, age is a funny thing. You can look back and you can see things in, with different eyes. And, you know, man, he outlived a lot of people. He knew my uncle. He knew my dad. And I played for him. Um, he's a nice man, you know. He's just a good guy. Yeah. Um, life, is, life is tough, you know. Life is tough. Yeah, throws a curveball. He was... Kind of, uh, kind of like Greg Lee in the sense that he was just a, like a one of these athletes that was so good at so many sports that you thought they were invincible. But you know, just takes one little, you know, twist of fate, and uh, no matter how in- right. invincible you 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 appear in so many ways, right. it can you know that can turn in a, in, a, in a second. So, and it's neat to and see Greg both Lee's of them fall down. His, his interview and attitude is spectacular, so intelligent, and, and so incredible. I was just so impressed. Yeah, so he I, was uh, amazing to talk to, and I love the fact that when I screwed up, he, he blew, the, blew the whistle on me like he did on everyone's hands <laughs> and laid into me. <laughs> I, I felt honored, you know? Normally, you know, I'd be, like, all embarrassed and sad. I was like, oh, awesome. I just got my, you know what, handed to me by Greg Lee. Now I know how all the guys uh, who were still hand setting against him feel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Oh my yeah, goodness. Was, I mean, I, I never knew him. I knew Lisa. Um, yeah, I heard she's well, been uh, as great as he and Mingus were as a teammate and partnership. That uh, from by all accounts, she's his uh, far and away the best partner he could ever have as far as uh, being there for him uh, since the very beginning and through today. She's uh, totally his rock from by all accounts. So that's pretty neat to hear. Good deal. That's a beautiful thing. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah it certainly is. Um, were there any really great players you played against? You mentioned you know you played against Hawaii and USC and, yeah. and the Bruins, um, but were there any in particular players that played during that era that you were just like in awe of or you know, were really that's, dominant? That's where that's where I can't remember. Things but, get a little uh, fuzzy. <laughs> I, it gets fuzzy, and I don't. I'm not sure why, but I I think um, you know uh, I just remember there, and believe me, there were some unbelievable players i'm it's not to say they weren't there but i i just remember taking care of my own stuff you know um i didn't want to worry about them um i i wanted to worry about my own thing and i know some of them were my friends too there was a girl named julie i really liked and uh, and she was unbelievable and usc had the most unbelievable talent but i can't remember who they were <laughs> Hey, that's all right. <laughs> I re- I remember we traveled. We went. We went to Hawaii. We we went. Oh, Brigham Young. We went everywhere, and it was it was such an opportunity. I was just very fortunate, and I'm really glad that all of that happened. It was it was pretty unreal. Now, yeah. upon graduation, I know in in '77. You played in the Santa Barbara Open. It, things came to fruition. Uh, in, in true, when you were 15, and that woman that uh, with the uh, with the the white lip with all the with a sunblock on it, who said, "Hey, Cohen, you and me someday." Yeah. Well, yeah. lo and behold, she uh, yeah. lassoed you in to play with her in in '77 in her uh, her home beach up there, East Beach in Santa Barbara. Take us back to yeah. that event and what it was like pl- finally playing with that force of nature and legendary Kathy Gregory. Right. Okay. Well, that's another, well, when I say fortunate event that happened to me. You had a bunch uh, of those. Well, good. Maybe there was something fortunate about me. Yeah. Uh, and I will, I will accept that. Um, it might have been some, something about volleyball that I knew. And, and that's fine. I will admit that. Um, now, playing uh, this this tournament, the Santa Barbara Open. What I that I forgive me. I don't remember this tournament that much. I know it's always windy up there in Santa Barbara. East Beach is her hometown. It's her home beach, um, and I know we won it uh, because we only we didn't lose anything. Anyhow, playing with her, let's talk about what it was like playing with her, if that's okay. Absolutely. Is that all right? Oh, yeah. That's what we're, okay. we're getting at here. Okay. Give us the goods. Um, yeah. Well, no, there really wasn't any bad. Um, the, the, playing with Kathy was, it, let me just put it, it was easy. Capital E, easy. Um, there was an unspoken truth in knowledge from the get-go. I mean, you know, let's just say the first time we got on the court, uh, it was just just rallying with her to warm up. 
uh, it just it just happened. I didn't. We didn't have to say, "Oh, do this closer. Do it. You want to. You want to uh, spike. Do you want to warm up? I mean, everything just happened. Um, nothing had to be said. She she occasionally she would blurt things out on the court, like if I would run up too soon or whatever. Like, hold, hold. We have a joke about that. Hold, Coey. She. My name uh, went from Cohen to Coey, and I'm not <laughs> sure how that happened. But that was my nickname, Coey. And um, we, we knew how to side out, and, you know, in the real sense of the word side out, because people say nowadays, you know, let's side out, but you used to really have to side out to get a point, and, and you know that, because um, you played the game. You know, she had an unreal serve, and she kept it in. You can't serve out. You can't serve into the net if you want to make a point. You know, she knew that. I knew that. She set me the way I liked it. And that doesn't mean, just because I like a low inside set, if I'm in the back and I just dug a ball, you can't set me low inside. I'm not going to get there. So any moron knows you've got to set me higher. You know, you've got to know your game. Kathy knows her game. And, and she knows her game inside out. She was an athlete. She played basketball. She went for every ball. She knows how to move. And... All I can say is she's, she just knew, she was, she just knew how to play ball. She knew how to play ball, and it was an honor to play with her. Did I know what I was doing or how I was playing, who I was playing with at that age? She's 15 years older than me. I didn't know what I, what was happening. It just happened. And then I woke up. When I woke up is when we, when I couldn't play anymore. I think I was in a zone for five years. Right, and when it when it came to to reality is when I I said what what is happening here, you know I had a short career, and that's okay, that's okay I'll take it, because some people don't have any career, and I don't want to compare myself to other people, but I couldn't block I was short, I couldn't go on, the game was changing, I will take what I got, because it was a gift it was sweet, it was like nectar. And I appreciate it, you know? And so that, that's where I'll settle it. I'll settle that with Kathy Gregory. And I'm very, very fortunate to have that with her. And I, ha- I had it with, with a couple other girls, but not like, not like it was with Kathy. Mm-mm. What a neat story. Yeah. So you played in 15 Opens with her, if the record books are correct. And of those 15, mm-hmm. you won 13. That's not too shabby of a winning percentage. What do you think your, the key to your success was as a team? Uh, like I said, you know, I woke up one day and then I didn't know what happened. I, <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think we each knew our game. I told you I grew up on a beach with, with the very, very finest players that there were. People are going to tell you, no, they were at Manhattan Beach. No, they were here. They were there. Gene Selznick practically bring brought volleyball to its to its fruition to to what it became he was there with his personality and his athleticism telling people here let's do this come on folks don't mess around let's do this and people watched and they did it and 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 I was a part of that and so I wasn't quite what Kathy Gregory was 
but I was a part of something else, special. And I was athletic, I felt it, because I knew that. But I just, I just think that, you know, it just happens, you know. And I, I loved the game. <laughs> what can I tell you? When you love something, you love it. So you, you two know. were on the same page when you were out there. It was just go in the zone and play to perfection. Yeah, Pass, yeah. set, side she out. Was, Don't she, make errors. Yeah, she was, you know, she she was, like I said, my elder. Uh, my mother always told taught me to be nice and respect people. So I, I never talked back to her, never, until I remember the last game. It was at Clearwater Beach. But, you know... Like she would set me, she would set me so that I had the whole court. She saw the court as she set me. And that's how you're supposed to set your partner. You know, that's how you're supposed to. Now with the block in nowadays, it's a different scene. It's a lot harder. These girls and guys have a, a harder thing going on. But it's just, the game is, it's just ruined. I mean, it's all different. You know, you, you can't play it in its, for its, its sheer beauty. Anyhow. It's not ruined. It's different. I apologize. It's not ruined. Me watching six six guys hit balls into six six blockers isn't isn't beautiful. <laughs> no, no defense, no ball control, no shots, and in games that are over in thirty five minutes isn't isn't beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you, know, you on I, that I, one. I, I'd rather watch uh, the grass grow. I'll grill. give you some edit there. I'll agree with you to some degree, but I have to say some of these guys are skilled and athletic even at that ta at that height you know some of them are and and so i have to give them some credit um they get some rallies going and they do it and but i'd like to see them on the big court play our game I'd yeah like i'm the same way it. i don't have anything against the players they have to play according to the rules of the sport that's out right. there but you know ruben acosta and the fivb are like uh that's kind of like the IVA when you bring that up to Von Hagen and <laughs> Jamalis left for it. I, I don't want to ever hear the words FIVB or Ruben Acosta in my life again because they absolutely neutered and wrecked uh, one of the most beautiful games that we've ever had. And uh, no forgiveness right. for that. Right. I mean, they, you know, I, I think it, you know, sports, they, they transition. And so I don't know. I don't know whose fault the whole thing is completely. You know, the block was coming in, the over block was coming in, getting in shape to the point where you're so in shape it's disgusting was coming in. I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. You know, I, you, know you want to play a sport and be in volleyball shape. You know, you want to play, you want to, you want to play a sport for what it is. I, I'm not sure what they're trying to prove out there. Right. Really. Um, so anyhow, uh, speaking of Kathy, so she would just, you know, she she just, you know, one, oh, she, I remember one time she said to me, she set me so perfectly, and the other team, I remember seeing the opponent, it's like, you know, she set me up where my peripheral vision had, I felt like I could, I could have a seven-course meal by the time I decided where I wanted to put the put the ball the set was so good and and when I put the ball down finally I, f I, f I finally did a cut shot I decided on a cut shot and and when the ball went down they were just like ah they couldn't get it you know 
And, and she said, oh, Chloe, it's like fine wine. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I remember I was young, and I didn't even know what fine wine was. No. <laughs> I, I was so young, I went like this, fine wine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's how different we were, and we were still playing that good a ball together. I just didn't know what, what it was. That was the 15-year age difference, little. Yeah, that's right. But I got her. I understood what she meant. Yeah, later in life, after you know you had to work and stuff like that, then you understood fine wine. <laughs> later, I looked at her. I said, "Listen, you, I drink vodka." Anyway, <laughs> classic. <laughs> oh boy. She Where had some we? classic uh, comments from when she was on TV as a commentator and an announcer. So um, what were some of uh, her better one-liners that she would throw at uh, at the competition from time to time when she was in her, her rare smack talk mode? Boy, oh boy. You know, I, I just, I know in, in my heart of hearts, I did not approve of her doing it. I didn't like it. I didn't know why she was doing it. <laughs> um, I, and, and I I think I could see the look on some of the other girls' faces, you know, on the opponents, and it was like they would slowly get beaten down. And I wondered why they would say anything to her to get from the beginning, you know? Like, why would you say anything to get it going from the get-go. Yeah, let sleeping dogs lie. That's the last thing you want exactly. to do with her. Because she went but from level did. 10 to level 11, where <laughs> that seemed to have that kind of, she had that kind of personality, it sounds like. She did. She would get them going, and she'd get the hair up on their backs, and, and somehow she would upset one or two people here and there. I think if somebody was really nice, she wouldn't do it. If she liked the person, like... Maybe if she was going to, she might, if she were going to play against me, she might do it. But I remember I played against her, and that's a story that's coming up. Anyhow, I, I didn't pay much attention to what she was doing or saying. That wasn't my scene. As a matter of fact, Scott, I was a little bit of a loner on the beach. Um, I stayed under my umbrella, and I would go in the water, and I would focus on, you know, like I wanted to win the next match. I didn't want to. I didn't want to deal. I didn't know a lot of people too well. I just didn't. I I would see them. I was aware of them to some degree, but if I didn't, you know, I didn't want. I didn't want too much to be a part of of it. I wanted to win my games. And then that would explain, like you know, the uh, hot dog on a stick and a. <laughs> In a lemonade that one time when she was looking for her young partner and she's just out there, you know, taking in the, the scene, having a lemonade and a hot dog on a stick. Meanwhile, you know, Kathy Gregory's all fired up. Where's my partner? And you're just having a good okay, old time. That's one of my favorite stories. Okay, I admit it. It's not just that I didn't want to socialize. It's that... I didn't care about anything except for getting some food, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to get some chocolate malts and some hot dogs on a stick and, and whatever I could before the next match because that's what was, what was most important to me, okay? You had to that's keep that five-foot-six and three-quarters uh, three uh, uh, machine going, so you needed some fuel for the rest of the tournament. I got you. Listen, I came, I came from a household that, 
that really uh, considered food, you know, high on the list. So I had to go with that. What can I tell you? Now, you won 17 Opens over your relatively brief career and had a pretty Mm -hmm. good uh, winning percentage, which, uh, you know, is big up there uh, in the in the ron lang uh list of accomplishments what uh what were your three favorites of those 17 open wins and why for each my three favorites well i gotta say this was a little later but my my favorite was clear what the clearwater beach open that was the first real pro tournament that I got Kathy to play with in me. She wasn't going to go. She didn't want to travel. I think Tana was going to play with me in it, but she cut out for some reason at the last minute, and her folks were real classy, and I think they paid. They, I didn't have a partner, and I said, Kathy, do you want to know? I don't know what happened, and they paid Kathy's way, and then we got... I think Hagen does as a sponsor and we went over there and we went through everybody and we 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 ended up in the finals against Robertson Hanley Linda one of my favorite people yeah players. she was one of my favorite lefties to watch ever was she smooth yeah she's a, she's she's the uh, this the 90s Giselle you know um, she's good I she plays she's I like the way she moves and then you got Growwinkle Matthews. Oh yeah, um, another legend. Yeah, a legend, and uh, she was she was never that nice to me. Linda was, but Nina was, and I'll tell you a little story about her. And um, we got them in the finals, and uh, that's where the chocolate mall story comes in. All of a sudden, <laughs> before the finals, <laughs> there's lightning. You know. Uh, I mean, I've, I've never had lightning. We don't get that much down out, out west here, you know. Yep. And, I mean, it scared me to smithereens, and I'm like, ah, you know, I'll see you up, you know. They go, okay, we'll, we'll resume the tournament when the rain and lightning stops. So uh, I ran up to the, to the room, and, and I ordered um, uh, room service. <laughs> and so Kathy comes looking for me, and she goes, what do you got here, Coley? What, what's going on? I think I had a hamburger and a malt. She laughed. She must have laughed for about five hours. <laughs> but of course, while she's asking for sips and bites. Yeah. Yeah. She always wanted bites and yeah, sips of whatever I had. But that's okay, you know. Laugh while you're taking some. And and the idea was she couldn't get over it because I guess I had chocolate malts on three or four different occasions. Yep. <laughs> and well, they were delicious. I loved them. They gave me energy. And that's the way I played. But I guess, you know, nowadays you can't do that. you got to eat different stuff, vegetables, and you Have your Von Hagen Nutriment tea. That's right. He's right. And that's the way I would do it nowadays. Um, anyhow, so, yeah. And uh, I remember talking to the Honda sponsor. Um, that was, um, they were giving the men more money than the women. And I asked him if he would consider, you know, giving the, the women a little more money. Uh, or equalizing, you know, giving equal pay. And he said, well, what makes you think that should happen? <laughs> you know, like, that was a weird idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, well, 
you know, well, look at the look at the fan base here. It's, and he he said, oh, well, yeah, I guess you're right. And I think Randy was with me, Randy Stoklos, and he said, yeah, that's a good idea. I had some support. And so anyhow, we sat down and had drinks, and he said he'd consider it for the next tournament. You know, whoa, whoa, we'll see about that. You know? right. And sure enough, they did raise it slowly, slowly, slowly. It started, you know. And that's how things get going, but I... I couldn't understand why that didn't happen. But it was great. I loved that tournament. Did you win or lose? Well, you won, yeah. obviously, I guess. But what was the yeah. final? Uh, uh, that uh, To beat a team like that, that must have been pretty neat. Oh, well, we beat them all the time, Scott. Did you? I'm sorry. We never lost to them except for the finals in the, the second Clearwater. No, the third one. I, I Let's see. We beat them twice in the Clearwater Open and then the third one. I, I could I that's when I finally said to Kathy something that was the final thing I said to Kathy do you have to tell me where to hit <laughs> and that's when I woke up I, I realized my career was over yeah something went something clicked I was done or you came out of the later. zone you woke up from the, the infamous zone where you could tune everything out it was like boom yeah it was over she didn't do anything wrong I just Something happened. I woke up. You know, I was done. I'd had enough. Yeah. So you were you were still young and in your prime, but you just you know when your heart and mind's not in it, 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 it's over. Yeah. 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 That's what happens. I mean, I I played a lot. A I mean, lot yeah, you were playing time. since you were a toddler at State Beach. You know, but playing playing with with Gene Brunicotti wasn't my only tournament there. I mean, I played in a lot of tournaments. <laughs> you know. I remember Doug Batt put on a tournament. Um, he was the owner of the Sand and Sea Club, and it was for youth. He did a lot of that. He was a wonderful man. And it was a money tournament. It was cute. And he had one for boys and one for girls. And I remember Karch, Karch played in the, the one right next to us. And, of course, he won his. And I won mine with another girl named Nina, Nina Williams. And, I mean, that was just one of the many tournaments that I entered and won. I mean, Sinjin Smith had a sister named Mara, beautiful girl. Oh, I've she, seen one uh, of those photos of her with the uh, Hyatt gals at uh, Sereno that Kevin, uh, amazing photographer Kevin Goff took, and it was, uh, it's a great, it's like a legendary classic photo. I, I love it. Sure, yeah. She was nice. She was young, and unfortunately, she she died in a car accident on Sunset Boulevard um, yeah. way too young. She was just, what, a teenager, her, right? 16 or 17 yeah. or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's horrible. A lot of, a lot of young people died on, on Sunset there. They called it Dead Man's Corner, and finally they rebuilt it around there. Uh, but that was tragic for that family. That was really awful. Anyhow, so, yeah, she, she was in a tournament. She played in a few tournaments down there at State and Sorrento, and she was a really good player. Um, so I've heard. Uh, I played, yeah, I played in some drunk draws at, at, at Sorrento. I played, I played in so many tournaments. <laughs> I played in mixed tournaments with Dane and, and, and Billy Hansard, who was a great player, a great mixed player. Oh, yeah. Um, Hansard was a he was a Bruin. I, I chat with him from time to time, and he's uh, he's a pretty nice guy. His dad played oh. too. I think uh, his yeah. dad played down at the beach. I've seen some of those older photos. 
in uh, Artie Kuvion Sands of Times books. So. Right, right. Exactly. He was good friends with my, my dad. Yeah. Um, anyhow, I mean, I could just go off little different avenues. Um, Mike Norman had a wife. He was married to Sue Norman. Okay. And I won, I won a tournament, an A Open, down there um, with her. She was a great player. So, I mean, I could go on and on. I, don't, I got rid of all my, my trophies when we cleaned out my mom's garage about, I don't know, about 15. No, no excuse me, let's add some years onto that. About 25 years ago. <laughs> Maybe more. And Yeah, it always baffles me that folks do that. You're not the only one, or they get lost somehow during a move or what have you, so... Yeah, I have a few. I kept some nice ones. Good. Now, there was a lot of other really strong female players that played during your era uh, on the Mm -hmm. beach, and I know for the most part up to this point, most of my interviews have been on the men's side, so I think it's great to finally get to a a great player like you and then give you your opportunity as well to share who some of your fiercest competitors and had a lot of respect for as far as their talents. Before I do that, I have to tell you that uh, this one one little story about my other favorite tournament, the Doheny Open, uh, Kathy Gregory and I were, were scheduled to play in, and all of a sudden I get this phone call, Coey, Coey, I'm really sorry. And this was kind of last minute, like I had about four or five days. She says, uh, I promised Char Bulig that I'd play with her daughter in this tournament, in a, in a tournament, and I've got to squeeze this in, she says. My heart drops, you know, down to my feet. And uh, she says, I, I'm really sorry. She was really nice about it, you know. She says, but i got to do this. i got to play with Lynn. And I said, oh, uh, you know, okay. I, like I said, she's older than me, and I'm not, I'm not allowed to uh, argue with my elders. Right. I said, well, that, that, okay, that's fine. And so I said, okay. So she goes, well, you know, so we'll, it'll work out. We'll play in the next one. Okay, okay, see ya, bye-bye. I called my dad. I, I was pretty upset. So he says, well, I'm not even going to tell you what he says, right? And he said, you go down to State Beach and you recruit yourself somebody and you win that effing tournament. Well... Coach Alton. You know, yeah, that's daddy for you. He want, you got to please your dad, right? So, um, believe me, I wanted to please him, and I, he was a good part of my, my competitive spirit. And there was a part of me that, when I got on that court, you know, thought of my dad a lot, and, and he taught me a lot of what I knew. And so, all of a sudden... Out of nowhere, Tana comes down to the beach. 6'3". She's 6'3". Tana Vandewey, huh? Yeah, yeah. And we went to high school together, and we, we've had some fun together. We laughed. We knew each other. But not really well. I mean, she's not my best friend. But, you know, she, and she's not a beach player, a great beach player by any means. I think, I don't even know how many times she played on the beach. So I looked at her, and I said, hey, Tana. Hey, Tana. She says, yeah, Nance? 
I said, how would you like to play in a tournament this weekend at Doheny? And, you know, she says, well, what do you mean? <laughs> I said, a tournament at Doheny. I said, I think we can win it. And she goes, well, you mean a tournament? I said, yeah, a tournament, a beach tournament, an open. I think we're going to win it. And she goes, okay. I said, here's how we're going to do it. I said, they're going to serve me because I'm 5'6". You're 6'3". I said, I'm probably in the finals. It's going to go like this. They're going to serve me. I'm going to run out of gas, and I'm probably going to set you on two. And you're going to hit the living you-know-what out of it. She goes, okay. <laughs> and I said, you're going to keep every ball in. No mistakes. And I know you can do it, and we're going to do it. We're going to beat Kathy Gregory. Okay? We're going to do it. And she goes, I want to do it. <laughs> she, she said, I want to do it. I want. Well, we got so psyched up. I can't tell you. I think Ernie and, and Colleen Coco drove her down. And my mom, me, and Kathy drive down together in my mom's station wagon. And Kathy gets on the court, plays with, with uh, Lynn. She beats everybody, including Nina and Kathy. I mean, Kathy, uh, Linda, Linda Henry Robertson. Who do we meet in the finals but Kathy and Lynn? Ooh. Ooh. And she, Kathy thinks she has us, right? Okay. And okay, Kathy, I can tell this story. I hope I, when she listens to this, Kathy, I love you. I hope you remember this your career, you've won with everybody, don't get mad at me, but I remember this, this story, because, because I was so hurt that you didn't play with me. I was so hurt, anyhow. So, sure enough, I remember seeing Lynn, but Lynn, Lynn didn't have the spirit and the competitiveness that you needed. So it wasn't you who lost. But anyhow, we won the tournament. And, uh, had to drive home with you <laughs> in the car. <laughs> was she mumbling under her breath the whole time or what? She doesn't mumble. Kelly didn't mumble under her breath. So uh, she's, why did I play with her? Why did I play with Lynn? Nancy, you did the thing. It was good. It was good. She's, yeah, Kathy's honest. She's a good girl. So anyhow, um, you know, that was that. And, you know, Tana doesn't, no beach volleyball. I mean, she just did what we needed to do, and that was it. So um, I think Kathy and I went on to play together some more, and, and there we were again, back in love, and that was the way it should be. And, um, you know, but Kathy did the right thing. She had to keep her promise to Char. Sure. And that was my story with Tana Vanderway. I'm sure that was so. uh, something that Tana remembered for a long time after that, as did uh, your dad, Alti. Yeah, that's right. Put That's a big right. smile on his face. Are you sure that didn't make the cover of the Santa Monica Outlook? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, who knows? That um, was the big paper back then, wasn't it? Yeah, the Santa Monica Outlook, I guess. I, I guess, Palisades Post. I, I, I don't have anything on it. But You, you know what's funny? I do is, remember uh, it. You know how... Um, Van Wagner, Bob Van Wagner, the photographer, said when he was a kid, uh, 
well, you know, O'Hara was just a little bit, or they were close in age, but Mike O'Hara was his paper boy and he would deliver the outlook to where Van, Ma- right? Van <laughs> Wagner lived in Santa Monica. And I just think that's, Uh-oh. how wild is that? That, you know, at one that point is. in time, a teenager by the name yeah. of Mike O'Hara was delivering a, a paper to a, a legend, uh, one day legendary photographer, Bob Van Wagner and, and, uh, Van Wagner at 92 still remembers that. I just put some smile on my face. That is so cool. Yeah. So if anyone's got a Santa Monica Outlook out there, may have gotten it from uh, Michael Hero back in the day. Right. <laughs> yeah. Who was a really nice guy, really good guy. Oh, those, those are some good stories there. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Now, the men, uh, were there, uh, I think we were going to talk about some of the other women's players. Were there any others that oh, you wanted yeah, to touch base on? Uh, that Tana story was classic, and, and I'd like to be in the room when Gregory listens to this, for the record. I might just fly well, out there. Well, and... you know what? I, I don't mean any disrespect to her. <laughs> I know. I think she'll be fine with it. You're just speaking the truth. It's history, so. Yeah, yeah, that's all it is. It's historic. It's no big deal. No, no need to apologize um, for that. Okay, my favorite players that we that we I played against and yeah, yeah, and some of the more talented ones. You know, I, like I said, I uh, well, Linda Hanley Robertson um, was uh, one of my favorite players. Um, and uh, let's see, who else did I really really enjoy? Okay, um, Mary Jo Pepler. I remember watching play from afar, and I think I competed against her a couple times. She was a phenomenal athlete all around, and um, she was just incredible. Nick McFadden was fantastic. Kathy Hanley was great. Annie Cunningham. Kathy Hanley was um, John Hanley's sister, and then Linda Hanley Robertson was Linda Robertson at that time and became Linda Hanley when she married John later. Is that how that works? I always yeah, got that confused, yeah. and I think I finally got it figured out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Eileen and Barbara, you know, um, Bonnie Toth, who, whose name probably doesn't come up often. She was a scrambly little player, but she was good. She was really good. Her name was Bonnie Toth. Um, you got to figure our game, you know, there were, there were many more men players than there were women. Right. We had, we had a lot of long rallies, lots of digs, uh, big, big old court, you know, um, and we didn't know how hard we were working. We would chase our ball. We would have one ball. We didn't have any ball girls or boys. And, and you know, and, and then we'd play on the big court. And we'd run everything down. I mean, you want to talk about being in shape. We were in a different kind of shape. It wasn't, it wasn't like we were working on our reach or our, our different muscles and whatnot. We were in volleyball shape, <laughs> sand beach shape. <laughs> it was a different kind of shape, you know. So this was different. Um, and then some of the games would go on forever. One 15-point game could go on for an hour and a half, two hours. You sat under your umbrella and just prayed, you know. <laughs> or had a milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. You wondered why I had a milkshake. Yeah. Please, I'll have that and a piece of cheesecake. Oh, did I say that? Okay, (laughs) so, yeah. Uh, So the idea is, it was was incredible. I I just remember feeling 
so good, so unbelievably good uh, after these tournaments and in, and playing these games. And the game caught on, and and you know people wanted a part of it. And it just it just slowly became something else, you know. It just did. But that's just the way of the world. That's the way it goes. But you still play a game on the beach, and you still you still feel good. So the sand is the sand. And right now. I can tell you, I miss that beach. <laughs> I mean, I'm not allowed on the sand right now because of the, the COVID situation, which is the, a terrible that's thing. That's the Annenberg where you play frequently, like Mangus yeah. and Barber and that whole crew. And what beach yeah. club was that known as until they changed it and made it into uh, like a public type uh, club? Was it? Yeah, that was the Sand and Sea Club. Okay. That was Doug Bat, and he. He uh, owned it. It was a, a private club. There were private clubs up and down the beach, and there still are. And this was the Jewish club. Um, but he had everyone in, uh, blacks, Jews, anyone you want. But some of the other clubs didn't want other people in, uh, which wasn't a good thing. But you know how clubs are. So anyhow, yeah, Doug had a great club, and um, not that anyone wanted to be a part of the Jewish club, but <laughs> there there. There you had it. It was it was open to all, and and it was bitching, and now it's open. It's public, and it's really nice, you know. Mingus is there running the court, but no one's there right now. Yeah, yeah. I've <laughs> no. seen some of the the video, the pictures and videos of you yeah. and Mingus and Barber and Dane Selznick and his son Shane, and I think what a neat yeah. little thing to to have, you know, still to this yeah. day, you know, that you learned as a toddler at state beach uh from your pops and mom and then uh to still be playing it here you know since 58 and still going strong that's really awesome i i love seeing that that's pretty inspiring how about still going not i don't know about how strong but just still going (laughs) (laughs) this concludes part one of our two-part interview with nancy cohen thanks so much for listening I'd like to quickly remind you that our podcast for Gods to Ghost Volleyball is available on all the major podcast mediums out there, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Amazon's TuneIn. And finally, I'd like to give thanks to the bands that we use. The opening band is Sponge. The track is called Rainin', and it's off the album Rotting Pinata. Our closing music I give credit to the band Magna Carta Cartel. The song is that it's already too late and it's off the album Good Morning Restrained. Thanks and stay tuned for part two. In the following week, we'll share Bill Lika part one.